Hi, this is episode two of Conversations with Goddesses, but before we get to the actual episode, we've attached a clip of a text conversation we're going to read like a script. So that is the first part of this episode, and then we'll get into the meat of the episode after that. But welcome and enjoy. Okay, so this is a text conversation I had with a guy that I had matched with pretty much at the very beginning of my app dating situation back in like November, December, totally hit it off over text, talked on the phone. I was like, super into him, felt the chemistry, everything, even though he was like, absolutely not the kind of guy would go out with. And as you will see through this, I'm just going to go ahead and I guess it's obvious that I'm not right wing. Right. (laughs) The, um, he, it, he was very right. I'm left ish. And, and we had met for one date. It was like super chemistry. We, we kissed, but that was, but that was all it was like, um, but it was, it was fun. And then we would just continue to like every now and then we'd get back in touch. We'd have like really flirty conversation, but it never really went further than that physically. And we tried to stay away from politics for the most part, knowing that it was going to be pointless. So he also is an aspiring writer, screenwriter, like, and I'm a screenwriter. So we kind of talked about that and everything. So this conversation, I'm starting it from, we had like flirty banter and I'm going to read what I texted and, um, this is how it unfolded, how how it went from flirty to psychotic. Psychotic. All right. I'm, I'm guy now. I'm starting to think a screenplay on two people like us might actually work. Maybe title it Romantic Tragedy. Or wait, maybe Romantic Horror. Definitely us, though. Yeah, we had the chemistry, but our political views were just too different. First date dude talks about Hitler a lot. Exactly. And the girl is, like, way too liberal. And my least favorite subject was history, and you're a history major. It would never work. But man, I wanted you. So bad. First date girl is batting her eyes until she hears he lives 30 minutes away and says, fucking Plano. Drag that out a little and guy realizes she's serious and says, you can't be that insatiable. We would look good naked. The geographically compatible struggle is real. Yes to the naked part. Dude could be fucking girl and they have two TVs in the bedroom for each to watch Fox and MSNBC. Both are getting pissed off. Dude has a big dick. That's funny. The Fox MSNBC pissed thing, I mean, huh? He calls it his MAGA. Oh my God, yes. He starts calling it that early because she doesn't realize it's his name for his dick until they hook up. It's time for you to meet my MAGA. I'm actually turned on now. Haha. <laughs> so a chick who wants healthcare and education for everybody is hot, huh? And gun control. Not at all means she doesn't understand math and the selfish gene and the law of supply and demand, pretty much anti-science. Government health care and gun control, pretty much a synonym for dictatorship. If you earn $7,000 every hour of every day since the birth of Christ, you still wouldn't be as rich as Jeff Bezos. The billionaires can handle some little taxes. It's for the greater good that our citizens are educated and healthy. Would you support apportioning people who don't believe in gravity to NASA and the American Academy of Sciences? Ridiculous comparison. We don't do that. So why do we allow people who don't believe in the law of supply and demand to run our economy? Not ridiculous. What do you call a government that controls the economy and has all the guns? 
is taxing super rich people who have more money than they could ever spend to help the less fortunate people gain some basic life needs controlling the entire economy? Let me guess. You think Europe is great. Wrong. Europe is poor and their healthcare sucks and anyone who has traveled there can see it. And they don't spend any money on defense. Seriously. American taxpayers subsidize their defense. If we stop doing that, then Europe has to pay for their own defense and they won't have the money for their government healthcare systems. A well-educated population is essential for a country's social and economic well-being. It would improve the odds of everybody finding jobs and earning enough money so that they may be able to live and contribute. Dude, you can confiscate all the riches money and it won't make a tiny little dent in it. Do the math. There isn't enough money in the world to support socialized healthcare. It's called the law of supply and demand. If right now was the very first time that public education, libraries, a public police department, sanitation, public roads were introduced and the government wanted to tax you to pay for some of that stuff, rich people would be all annoyed by that too. It would make a dent in it. Do the math. It's anti-science. Disagree. You can't disagree with math and science. There are a limited number of doctors and medicine bozo. <laughs> We're never going to agree on these things. Nobody is ever going to change anybody else's mind. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that was coming. Bozo. Wait, was he calling you bozo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he calls me other things. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> If everyone has free access to them, then it has to be rationed, obviously. <laughs> Do you want the government to decide when and what your son receives? First of all, I never said free. I said accessible. You think your white, rich son is going to be the priority in the liberal healthcare system? LMAO. <laughs> Fact. You and your son are in competition for limited resources. You rich people can still have your private expensive concierge doctors. You don't have to worry about it. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck no. Define rich. My son was on Medicaid when he was little. If that program didn't exist, he wouldn't have had health care. Look at our budget. Look at the rich. It's a drop in the bucket. Even Bernie has been forced to admit that he means taxing people who make over 40K a year. You've misunderstood what I said. I did not say that everybody on the planet should pay zero dollars for health care and it should all be free and everybody could just go to the best doctors whenever they want. I'm not saying that at all. Before the Affordable Care Act, I did not have health insurance. The Scandinavian... <laughs> Lord, Scandinavian government. I know! <laughs> it was like he was thinking that's about what I was going to bring up. Okay. As the Scandinavian oh my God. <clears throat> The Scandinavian countries finance their system with much higher taxes on the middle class, which is to say around 40K. And if I was to get it independently, it would have not covered any pre-existing conditions or pregnancy. If people were more educated, then they could make more than 40K. You have a business degree from SMU and you choose to make less money. Don't you dare sanctimoniously demand that other people who sacrifice pay for your choice. Don't you dare. That's deeply immoral. I'm not. I pay for my own health insurance. I just have access to it now. I didn't have access to it before. Once again, we arrive at basic economic and sociological laws. 
I pay for my health insurance. Imagine how many other people would make similar decisions if we give them free health care. Okay, but if I had to pay a few dollars more and it would help somebody to get some sort of health care, then I would do that. You're talking complete, utter nonsense, and it's profoundly immoral. What is immoral? I pay for everything that I have. What is immoral? What do you mean, make similar decisions? You are straight up asshole. <laughs> you are straight up asshole for asking other people to pay for you to have the luxury of doing what you do. You have a business degree and don't even believe in the law of supply and demand. Ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Are you listening to what I'm saying? I pay for my health insurance. I pay for everything I have. They don't give physics degrees to students who deny gravity. I pay for everything I have. I pay for my health insurance. I pay taxes. A lot. What are you talking about other people paying for me? You just said you couldn't afford it. Excuse me, what do you think other people pay for for me? You have no idea about this. You haven't even bothered to Google our budget and basic costs of healthcare. Dude, stop it right now. I'm talking about you calling me an asshole and saying that other people pay for shit for me. And yet you shoot your mouth off to use your power to vote, to judge and lord it over others. It's disgusting. <laughs> I didn't say that I couldn't afford health insurance. I said I didn't have access to it. Are you hearing anything I'm saying? Are you even reading my texts? Hello? Nobody pays for anything for me. I pay for my own health insurance. Before the Affordable Care Act, there was no marketplace, and I did not have access to it. Go to Venezuela. You didn't read anything I said. I don't know what you're talking about calling me an asshole. Nazis, communists, and socialists are assholes, obviously. <laughs> Take a breath. I will not. You are insulting me personally. I will not take a breath about those pernicious ideologies. You said that people pay for shit for me. They are evil. Do you think people pay for shit for me? As long as I can breathe, I will fight them with every breath. You said this, that I'm a straight up asshole for asking other people to pay to have the luxury of doing what I do. People don't pay for shit for me. I'm talking about myself personally right now. You just spoke totally out of your ass, and I want you to explain to me why you think that other people pay for shit for me. Dude, I'm not going to discuss economics with someone who denies the science. I'm not discussing economics with you anymore. I'm discussing what you said to me personally. Can you please answer me why you said that? Don't waste your time. I would never date someone who believes what you believe, just like I wouldn't date a Nazi or a communist, etc. Wow. I'm sorry. That was hilarious. I can't believe they called you all those names. That was shots fired, and then it turned into crazy like, town. Don't you dare, you asshole. And he was and pulling then, in all these other countries. I know. And was it like he wasn't listening to anything, right? No, he or, was crazy. Okay. He was like, it was like he went over to a wall and started fighting with a wall, and you were just over there like, hello, I'm over here. And he's like, the Nazi wall. <laughs> and I, I know. Like, he, he, first of all, he called my son. A rich white kid. I know. And then in the second, and then right after that, he's saying how I get all supported by. Uh, uh, I know. I I want. I I've thought about. Should I text him again? Oh I my should, god. I should just text him like nothing ever happened and be like, whatever happened. Let's go out. Let's meet up. Send him a racy picture and make him forget everything. What a psycho! And some girl's gonna go out with him. He had the nerve to say all of that when he doesn't work. Yeah. He's from Highland Park. Right. And. Lives with his mom. What? And Why doesn't work. Go out with him. 
I don't know. He was hot. Uh, I mean, you know, he probably really calls his dick MAGA. But isn't that funny? He's probably how- said that actual line to a girl in bed. Are you ready for my MAGA? He probably thinks it's a, a, a brilliant. But isn't that like it, it shifted from we're being jokey, Fox News, MSNBC. I had to no like, idea it was going to take that turn. He took totally. And but for Bozo, I was like, wait, is she, is she calling someone else a Bozo? No, I'm the Bozo. Yeah, I, I, I picked that um, up, but I was like, oh, wow. And part of me was like, oh, I'm glad I never slept with him. But it would have been really fun if we had slept together. And then I could text him and tell him I was pregnant or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's another rich white baby on the way. Yeah. Medicaid. Here I come again. I love all the exclamation points. Oh my gosh. And all the like bull caps. He's so about the science of supply and demand. Oh, can can you just picture him with a thesaurus? They don't give six degrees to people that don't believe in gravity. He's like, oh, pernicious. And oh, Oh, I know the pernicious. (laughs) I had to bite real hard not to laugh on that one. Oh, so anyway. Good times. Text conversation. Wow. Over and out. Hi. Welcome to episode two of Conversations with Goddesses. This is so exciting. We made it past the first one. Yay. Um, Okay, so we have a couple things to touch on today, but I'm going to start with my fuckboy zero story in the sense of like patient zero, as in the first fuckboy in the chain. Yes. So... In your chain. In my chain. (laughs) Yeah, not like that's ever existed. Um... Okay, so we had gone on our first date mid-December, everything. Like, I'll just get to the to the story. Wait, but. can I ask you really quickly? Yes. Um, how many into your newfound dating app experience, how many was he in? How many dates did you – how many other guys had you been out before him? Oh, one. It was okay. the first – so I had been messaging with people um, on the apps for – since about – Thanksgiving, just before Thanksgiving. This was around the week of like December 17th. So he's 18th. the second person you've gone out with. Yes. Okay. So I um, had, hadn't had felt ready to like actually go meet somebody. And then um, I was. And so I set up three coffee dates that first week. There was somebody and then fuckboy zero and then fuckboy next. Or what, what, what comes after patient zero? <laughs> fuckboy two. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so fuckboy two then was actually the third coffee date. So I had three that first week. It was innocent person number one that I never had a second date with. That was a nice guy. Um, Fuckboy zero. And then fuckboy two, which is the text conversation that M and I just read. um, That was amazing. (laughs) So that was my first week of dating. Wow, you got shot out of a cannon. So, but fuck boy zero, like when I first met him for coffee and it was like immediately, you know, he's like making me laugh and there was this like chemistry and he hugged me and everything was like, it went from zero to a hundred, like just long story short, it's the week before Christmas. So we went out for that coffee date. We went out for a second date and then we went out for a third date on the 23rd. We went to a movie with his dad and my son and the two of us on Christmas Day. And then his son was in town. Hard for the first week of uh, January. We went, we hung out almost every day that week with his son, my son. He was love bombing you. Um, We spent New Year's Eve together with our kids, everything. It was like, it was crazy. And then it wasn't until about a week into January. So I guess, you know, the whole, that whole whirlwind part was about three to four weeks long. Were you uh, catching feelings? All, well, I wasn't going to because I just got out of this long relationship. And he was the one that was saying like, um, 
I know you're just out of this relationship. I usually don't date people out of a long relationship. You're going to crush me and I'm falling so hard and I've never felt this way to the where. And he kept talking about being all in. And um, I like wasn't there at all for, you know, the beginning, but I was having so much fun with him and it was so fun to be around him. And he was like, just everything was so perfect um, that eventually I was like, okay, you know what? I will be all in. Yeah. Like, why would I pause this Thing that feels so good and fun to be like, no, I'm going to go like date around and maybe like not connect with anybody like that. So that was when I was like, you know what? I think that I'll go ahead and have this experience because it's just so fun and feels good. And, you know, chances are it's not real, but, you know, I'm willing to take that chance because this is fun right now. After that first week of January, that's when the fuckboy behavior started, which is we're going to get into detail about fuckboy behaviors later in this episode. Um, But like stringing along, but never quite being available. Especially when there's such a shift, like, you know how it was in the beginning. So Mm -hmm. when the behavior all of a sudden, there's a shift, you can see it. It's interesting you say that because I remember the exact moment. Wow. The moment that I was like, something changed yeah. and, and it and it continued to change. But I kept wanting, like we also talked about before, wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt. And he kept saying things like, no, just be patient with me. Just bear with me. This is, I'm really stressed right now, but I don't want to date anybody else. And I, you know, so he kept me in that spot for months. For about yeah. two months after that, till almost. And were like, you not just like over it? Were you guys exclusive? Yes. So you couldn't, in the time where you were kind of being strung along, go and see other people. Right. He had you right where he wanted you. Right before that shift happened, we when he had asked about the being all in, and I said yes, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. We'd had that conversation. We'd already decided to be exclusively sleeping together. Then all that shift happened, so I wouldn't have felt right with just saying fuck this and going back and dating other people. And I couldn't pin him down for a conversation. And the one time I did, he was just like, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. All I can tell you is my feelings for you haven't changed. And were um, you re- were you reiterating or like? making sure that he also wasn't yes. you weren't just assuming like well I said no. I wouldn't so I I just I know he's not we had that yeah we had an explicit conversation about that so when we did when we did finally like have that lunch or whatever in the middle of his super busy days he did say he was like I don't want to date anybody else I'm not seeing anybody else I'm not talking to anybody else I don't know what to tell you right now I just know I'm so stressed nothing has changed about the way that I feel about you I just need you to be patient and I still feel the same and basically did he ever use the word space? No. Okay. No, because he didn't even make it sound like he wanted space. He made it sound like he was like in the in between jobs, in between all this family stuff, and he didn't ever say, I need space or anything. Okay. So, but it, it kept dragging on in this weird way until um, the first conversation I had with him, I remember I like wrote it out first, and when I finally got him on the phone, and I just, um, I did say, I've noticed something has shifted. It's put me in a negative headspace. When we first met, it was a very positive space for me. And this has now put me in in a place where I don't like the way that I feel. And I don't want to be in a relationship where I don't like the way that I feel basically. So I was like, I need to step back from this. And he was like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean step back? And you'd think if he was like, you know, your run of the mill fuck boy that he would have then taken that as that, like, don't they wait for that out? Like I gave him, there were so many conversations where I'd said, you know, Mm -hmm. and I even said too, I said, if you're looking for something casual, cool. Because I think he likes having the ego stroke of knowing that you are putting yourself on a shelf for him, even though he's behaving the way he's behaving. 
That's part of it for them. Wow. Oh yeah. I think that he in his head is like, I know I'm not now giving what I was giving in the beginning, but I also know that she's sitting over there and I don't have to worry about her with anybody else. And I have her there for whenever I feel like what I need. Well, that may be. Um, this is the story I wanted to start with. So it beca- came to a super glaring head. It was still, ha- still neither of us had. How far along, how, how many months have gone by at this point? Okay. This is Valentine's Day. So that's okay. what, it, about a month since things started to go. But like total since you've been hanging out with him? Two months. Okay. Um, so, and I know that doesn't sound like that long, but maybe it was because during the holidays, during those last two weeks of December, we were together almost every single day. So it was like with a blur of happiness. Yeah, and it was a lot. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, that first week we met, it was like five nights of that week. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a lot. I'm not expecting anything at this point. My expectations are just dropping and dropping, but I'm still hanging on to a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I haven't gone out with anybody else yet, but I'm still thinking like, this is worth giving a little more time to, to me. I'm not, I don't have a big sense of urgency. I'm not like needing to get married or like live with somebody or I don't have to be in a relationship. So I'm just going to see how this played out a little longer. So it's Valentine's day. And that was like on a Friday, I think. I feel like it was on a weekend this year. And, um, he had finally gotten like the job thing figured out. He was in between and he hadn't started that yet and some other family stuff. So things had kind of come to a little bit of a settle, uh, for him and, uh, or they were right in between where he was going to have to launch into the new job. But you know, he kind of should have had a little bit more like stability and, um, he hadn't made any plans for Valentine's day. And we weren't on like the track where I thought he was going to do anything anyway. But it was Valentine's Day. So I texted him kind of a flirty text like, hey, if neither of us have any plans for Valentine's, wouldn't mind running into you, you know, winky face or whatever. And he goes, I have to go to a friend's wedding in Austin this weekend. And um, I was like, oh, OK, well, that sounds fun. You'll have fun. And he was like, no, I don't know. I won't know anybody there. It won't be fun. And I was like, oh, well, you're good at making friends. And then I did say, I said, do you still want to talk about all of the stuff that we've talked about? All this, all my concerns. And now that things had lulled, I thought, okay, this is my last. Do you want to have this conversation or not? Right. And he said, yes, I do. Let's talk when I get back. I want to try this. And um, I was like, okay, when do you get back? And it was a three-day weekend. And um, so this was Friday. So he's like, he said he comes back Monday. And I was like, wow, a three-day wedding? And yeah. and I hadn't said anything. And he already said he doesn't have friends and doesn't know right. anybody. So it, it makes sense if like all your besties are going and uh-huh. you make a weekend out of it. This doesn't make any sense. And, and also that you might want to invite the person that you're claiming to mm-hmm. want a relationship with. So, but, uh, and I've never, I made it a point to not ever be passive aggressive or snarky with him. I would just very straightforward, like, this is how I'm feeling. And not that this is snark. I wasn't even trying to be snarky, but I just said, oh, wow, a three-day wedding. Yeah. And um, he goes, no, the wedding is just one night. But since I'm about to start this new job and stuff, I thought I would, like, I wanted to have a couple extra days just to relax. In Austin. In Austin. And then I Without just... friends. This, and then I shifted from being like yeah, Miss no. Nice person to then I said, wait a second. So you're telling me you haven't had time to have a phone call with me, but you're... And you just said you didn't know anybody that's going to be at this wedding and it's Valentine's Day weekend and you'd rather spend the last couple of days before your new job with people that you don't even know or than with me. Or alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it's a one day wedding, everybody pieces out. Yes. And he was like, um, he was like, I don't deserve for you to be ranting on me like that. This was all over text. And I was like, you know what? This is all of my answer. Goodbye. Good luck. Yeah. 
you know, ended up actually going to a movie with my son that evening, which did not imagine he would ever go hang out with me on Valentine's Aww. Day. So it turned out to be the best Valentine's Day ever anyway. Um, but I, I white knuckled it all weekend. I did not text him, but I did think I was like, if he's at this quote, wedding on Valentine's Day, which now after the fact, you're like, Valentine's Day weekend, going to a wedding he hasn't mentioned before, didn't text me once. Was it a wedding or was yeah. it a weekend getaway with somebody else for Valentine's Day? Yeah. I don't know. So then uh, he ends up, I didn't text him all weekend. He texts me on Sunday night and says, I came back a day early. I thought about you the whole way home. Like, I still want to talk. And I was thinking, Austin is three and a half hours away. Yeah. You thought about me that whole time. You never texted me once, never called yeah. me during that car ride home. Or he could have been like, hey, I still have a couple days here. It's a three-hour drive for you. Why don't you Why don't you come meet me here? Oh. It'd be so fun. Yes. And also thinking, did he have a hotel? Huh, um, I don't know. I don't know anything. I was also thinking, even if, even if we give him the huge benefit of the doubt and he was at this wedding by himself in Austin all weekend drinking, I'm sure never occurred to him to, he was thinking about me the whole time, but never texted me once. Yeah. That's so shady. Did it? Yeah. So I just was like, no, I almost wonder if he like did. Okay. This is going to tell you my thoughts as yeah. an outsider. What I'm picking up is that he probably did know of maybe a girl or somebody that was a mutual friend that was going to be at said wedding. Maybe he in his head thought he'll go see how it goes and like stay. If they hit it off, oh. maybe it didn't work. Mm. And so he came back early because there was nothing to stay and pursue. And that's when it's all of a sudden like, okay, well that option's gone. I'm going to come back to oh. leftovers. To the leftovers in the fridge. I, that's what I'm picking up. It's just not making any sense. It doesn't make any he sense. He would have taken you. Option. He would have said, or at least said like, hey, I know you're busy, but I just want to throw it out there. Like if you get, you know, is this crazy, whatever. But the fact that he was going to be gone for three days, I think he had it in his head. There was probably somebody, whether there was a, per a wedding or not, somebody in Austin uh -huh. that maybe he was trying to scope out. Because why else would he come back early? That is He probably got very... shot down or just didn't work out or... Interesting. Or he finished up those leftovers and was still hungry. For <laughs> I think it didn't pan out the way he thought it was going to. Yeah. So he had backup plan, mm. which is call N and see if she's down to, to F. See if yeah. N is down to F. <laughs> um, very possibly. So that kind of the reason I wanted to tell that story is because his excuse for like not texting me or not inviting me or not hanging out with me was he wanted to have a couple days to relax. I've had a guy say that, you know, a different fuckboy down the line, man, maybe fuckboy three or four, that that had said that too. Like, oh, on Sunday, I was just at the pool all day and, and didn't even take my phone because I just wanted, I just wanted to like, you know, unwind. And I've had somebody tell me, and I don't know what their fuckboy status is because <laughs> I'm new at this, but that they didn't get back to me for hours because they just needed to decompress. And I'm like, when I'm decompressing, because my day is nuts, when I'm decompressing, I'm on my phone and that's when I'm catching up with my girlfriends. And I'm like, oh, I have a minute to text N and I can like have funny banter or any guy I'm talking to, I'd be like, hey, I have a minute. I'm just, you know, chilling. That's what I'd, I mean, unless this person really needs to go, whoever they are, fuck boy, whatever, go literally sit somewhere and just be like, <laughs> like I don't think that's what's happening like yes the point being like when they're and I wonder why that makes sense to them like when you know that the last fuck boy was and we saying, would like emails if any men are listening to this 
if there is just a clear division between what women think of as relaxing and decompressing, and if a bunch of men are listening to this and they're like, no, I just don't want to talk to anybody because I do know some men who are not fuck boys who, when they're decompressing and relaxing, they literally do just want to like go for a run, unplug their phone or put in music and go to the gym for like three hours. And that really is, they don't want to, they don't okay. want to talk on their phone. That's, but both of us probably have that too for an hour or two or three, but not an entire three day weekend or an entire Sunday day. Like, I don't know what those guys in them telling, like them telling well, especially that not when you have limited time to see the person that you're talking to. Yes. And also that both of these guys, we were now I'm, I feel silly saying this, but we were exclusively in, you know, like at least the sexual part of the relationship was exclusive situation. So yes, of our situationship. So I was thinking, would part of that, like, Sunday relaxation or weekend, like chill time, not involve sex. I don't know. Not all the guys I know. All the guys I know want to have sex like all day, every day. So even if you had like, oh, I'm going to take half of the day of Sunday to like not talk to anybody and the other half. And also I'm not, not demanding. I'm not high maintenance. Like I've never like, I, if you just want to like watch a movie or not talk or just it's just like experiencing time together however it is just like and that's important so anyway we were saying like that um i'm putting that under the fuck boy behavior category of like saying that they need to relax or decompress or have chill time to themselves and that doesn't involve when you you already haven't seen them for a a, a large amount of days and you already don't talk to them right during the day. Yes. It's not like I've seen if you're married and your husband's like, I got to get out of the house. Like you're like, okay, I get it. You're with me 24 seven. When it's somebody you get to see once a week, twice a week, and they have a couple of days and they need to take those couple of days to relax and not grasp that time they might have with you. That's weird. Yes. And it's not fair to me because as far as like the last I heard too, we were, you know, not in a committed relationship, but in a committed physical relationship. And so then there's still some like weight to that. Yeah. There's some weight to that. And that like, then I'm chances are not going to go hang out with a different guy that day. That's what I'm saying though. He knows he he has you where he wants you. So we're going to segue that into another fuck boy behavior. When they don't answer or reply to your text for a long time, one of the things that they say is that they're decompressing or relaxing, but they also say too busy Oh yeah, the too busy kids. thing. I'll let you talk. I just bit feel about like that. the too busy thing, and it's not just men. I want to make that clear. Like I, I, you know, I have a a lot of people that I'm friends with. I think we've all gotten so in this thing where we're like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm too busy. I can't. I can't. You know, I can't participate in this because I'm too busy. Too busy's gotten crazy, but with with guys, I feel like they're always play the card. You know, oh, my career is crazy, and I'm like a. I'm a single dad or I'm a, you know, I'm helping out my mom or whatever, but we are as well. Like we're, you know, N and I both have two jobs. We both are single mothers and we still make time for other people. So I, I, I get being busy to a point, but then I think it still just goes back to that whole, and this is something they've said forever, but, and I think it's, you know, started with the whole, like, He's just not that into you. But if a guy really wants to see you, mm-hmm. he will move heaven and earth to see you. Mm-hmm. There's like, and I understand that that's romanticizing the idea. And I know that it's not always realistic, but there's still, you either miss somebody or you don't. You either say, you know what? 
I haven't seen her in a couple of days or talked to her in a couple of hours and she's crossing my mind and I just want to, I really just want to hear her voice. I really just want to like see her face for a second, even if it's for a second when the whole like, oh, I'm so busy, then you really just aren't that important to them. That is so true. And, and that's you know, how simple it is. And you know what? On the other side of that, I, when I've started talking to guys that then I realize I'm not that into them. I can tell because they'll be like, oh, can we grab that coffee or can we grab that lunch? And, and I'm like, I really don't know when I'm just, I can't right. fit it in. I'm too, and then I have this light bulb moment. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, because you don't, you don't miss it, them and you don't care about seeing their face. It, it's because I don't want to, and I see their yeah. text and I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to reply to that later. Um, and I do reply to it. Um, but these are also guys that, just to be fair, I haven't slept with or I haven't right, even like you haven't even gone out woman. with yet and I like to be very honest like I I have told multiple guys when I can you know if if I start to get that feeling like I'm noticing that I'm not wanting to text them back right away or I'm not wanting to make time for them I've told them I'm just not getting that romantic vibe I don't see it going that direction I don't want to have leftovers in my fridge right so that but is too the, busy equals I don't care enough right yeah because exactly. nobody's that busy. There are people that are busy and have crazy schedules, but they will still be able to squeeze in a minute. Yeah. Because then you'll still see them like on Instagram or somewhere like with their friends or whatever. Or when you're freaking going to bed at night. Yeah. It's like we're setting your alarm on your phone. You, I mean, it doesn't. No. It's it. Yeah. Too so busy is the biggest bullshit. Too excuse. busy. I can't too stressed. stand it. And I do it too. Like you said, you do it too. But yeah, we, we've all men and women. We've got to stop with the too busy. So yeah, there's no too busy, too stressed, works busy, um, tired. I have the kids. We always have our kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're yeah. a single mom, you always have your kids. But you know what you do? You work it out. I've I've noticed that there's people, men, who, and I'm not just talking about any one particular person. I've come across this with my friends who have dated single guys and single guys I've been out with. I don't know if it's like a, like a dad guilt. And I've read these blogs that are by single dads. And there was one that was like 15 things every single dad who's dating wants you to know as a woman. And they have dad guilt because they get a certain amount of time with their kids. And I think that they are probably men who've been single for a while. And they've gotten into this routine where it's like, I work, I take care of my kids. And I'm like, but have you heard of a babysitter? But they won't do it. And, you know, as a woman, when we've talked about this, you, you're a bitch if you're like, because you can't, and as a single mom, you never want to ask somebody to put you above somebody's child. And that's not what you're asking for. You're just saying like, hey, I understand that you get very limited time with your child, but you also get like almost no time with me. So like, how do we figure this out? Yeah. And I do think they can, then that's an excellent excuse for them to use too, because mm -hmm. they know you can't say anything about it. That's what it. I'm saying, because then you're a bitch. Yeah. It, they can't necessarily do that when you're a single mom who is also having to get a babysitter and, you know, spend time away from their child to make time for somebody. So, and that also reminds me of another one that, um, you can't really argue is when they say that they're sick. It's a fuck boy move. And I've seen this a couple it's of times. It's the timing of the sickness that where, makes them fuck boy. Oh my gosh. It has to fall on a certain day of the week. This was when Fuckboy Zero, when that first one, this was even before I knew anything about fuckboyism or like I. <laughs> it's a disease. It's a disease. Before I even suspected that Fuckboy Zero was a fuckboy, this was the first time it was a Friday afternoon and we had plans to hang out Friday night and Saturday night. And about 1, 2 p.m., 
uh, I talked to him and he said that he started not feeling well. And I was just like, oh, something doesn't feel right about this. And even though he had given me no reason to question anything at this point, I still, my gut was like, something doesn't sit right here. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit and I, I continued to like, randomly hook up with fuckboy zero a few times over the the next months with no expectations but even then if there was a text exchange between us and it, he wasn't like needing his leftovers that weekend it would all of a sudden be like oh i've been so sick this weekend or this week and now i'm like and that'd be on a friday so that way you can't expect to want to hang out with them um yeah because he's like i told you i was sick obviously Nothing's happening this weekend. I'm sick. They dropped the sickness on you Thursday, mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, clearly Saturday and Sunday are out because I'm dying. Yes, exactly. Because I have man flu. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the next pandemic. <laughs> oh, that's a pandemic that's been around for a long time. It's a mandemic. Oh, <laughs> Okay. A, a couple other fuckboy uh, excuses for not answering or replying to text. I fell asleep. My phone died. My phone was off. I didn't check my phone. My phone was on silent. My phone wasn't on me. Okay, none of that stuff ever I've happens. I've been on conference calls all day. <laughs> Literally all day, back to back. But, like, if you're on a conference call, I've been on conference calls. You have your texts up on purpose because you put it on speaker and mute so that you can still interact with all your other business on your phone. Your phone is quite literally in front of your face during a conference call. Uh, gosh, I need a name for that last fuckboy. Um, uh, he is... I mean, what number would he be? Two. Three. Three. Wait, no, Three. because... Zero, two... But who was Psychotext. Oh, okay, if we call him two... Psychotext is two. Okay. And, and then, then so three. Aloof, aloof is three. <laughs> yes. Um, like, he tried to fall back on that. Like, oh, I don't like to have my phone on me. I, I got an Apple Watch and I had to return it because I just hated being connected so much and, um, like, would claim that he didn't see text because he doesn't want to have his phone with him. And then I did say one day, I was like... But don't you use your phone for work? Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Don't it's you have to have in front of his face. And he was like... Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's why I guess he went to, like, I'm hanging out at the pool all day Sunday, and I didn't take my phone with me. And that's an absolute lie. There's no way he didn't take his phone with him. Either, I do not believe that for one second. I, I believe it if it's the only reason that he that he wanted to have that excuse. I don't believe it. You don't think so? No. No one leaves their phone in their house. No one does. I mean, if he did, if he did, I think he did it on purpose because you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. No, I'm not. I'm saying that I think that he he already has his group of friends that he hangs out with. But that I think at he's that a liar. Apartments. He probably is. Yeah, I just still think he had his phone. Oh, that's possible. Totally possible. I thought. I think another possibility is that he knew I would be texting him because he's the one. Oh, he's the one from episode one that I asked, can you please text me the day after we have a sleepover date? And so on that day after, I think he intentionally, could have intentionally left his phone when he went to the pool. Or intentionally just didn't text you and that was his excuse. Yeah. The more I, the more I revisit that, the matter I, I get know. about it. Because when I was face-to-face -face with him on that FaceTime call, I just, I was making him feel better. I was like getting all, my ego was bruised and my eyes were like tearing up. And I was like, no, it's okay. It's not your fault. It's not your fault if you're not that into me. I know. Yeah. I was making him like 
try to not feel bad. And then after the fact, I was like, and you're doing it right now. You're giving him the benefit of the doubt even still. But I, but I think it was intentional. I just think it was intentional that he, I, I don't, I think he's a piece of shit. I don't don't think that he, no. Well, okay. I won't argue with you on that. I will. Yo, I agree on that one. Yeah. I think that he had that whole plan from the get go after, after you know what? Yes. Revenge. He was a revenge fuckboy. I think he That's was. his name. Oh. <laughs> fuckboy 3 is revenge fuckboy. Yep. Going back to... He showed you. Here we are making fun of him on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've thought about sending this to him. Mm-mm. Okay. So speaking of fuckboy behaviors and dialogue. So we've talked about like the excuses for why they're not answering a text, how busy they are, the fake sick... I feel like we need to touch on some of the generic lines that they use that yeah. like I've never felt like I was gonna say, are, are you talking about in the love bombing stage because a lot yes. of them are narcissistic and that's like one of the big things narcissists do they love bomb you in the beginning uh, and make you just feel like oh so overwhelmed like <gasps> sweep you off your feet and then they come in with the crazy that's yeah like the uh fucking boy zero it was like i for a while i was looking back at those texts just to make sure i wasn't crazy oh yeah i've done that too because i was like wait did i imagine that he said i've never felt this way about anybody i've never felt this close to anybody outside of my immediate family nobody would believe that i took you to a movie with my dad i never do stuff like that you're gonna end up crushing me i've never fallen so hard if this doesn't work out, I don't know how I could ever date anybody else because I've never felt like this and I don't think I ever will again. I've been this close, like one inch away from some of the most beautiful women in the world and you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I love the sound of oh, your yeah. voice. I, I love have, the way that I you talk. I have one fuckboy experience and this goes back way before my last relationship. I, after I got divorced, I was very young and I had a like two-year-old and I was in Los Angeles working and I met this person on a job and he was really cute. He asked me out and I was like, oh my God, you know, but I was just newly divorced. I was like 21 years old with a two-year-old. I mean, he had down to a science, like our first date. When I got to his house, he had a note on the door taped to the front door and it said, wanted beautiful single mom looking for something it was something ridiculous taped to his door and i was like but i ate it up and i was like oh my god it's so and he took me to a jewelry store and he would like be like when we get married which ring are you gonna pick out and i was like so stupid and naive i ended up talking to several people after me and they were like oh yeah that's what he does it's easy to get caught up in that because all of us girls, we watch these like rom-coms and we're like, it's pretty woman. I think they literally are, some of them truly are a little psychotic that they have it down. You know how like serial killers have their like methodical ways of doing things. But I think the men Such who prey point. on women and get off on it and it's a game 100% for them and never intend on following through with any of them. It's like for every notch in their belt, they have that little system. Yeah. Love bomb. Maybe, and and that was before any of this. I feel like maybe, you know, women used to fall for that more. Did I have a prehistoric fuckboy? <laughs> you did. That was like 20 years ago. So I feel like now. He was a pioneer fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> he was groundbreaking. So anyway, those, all of those lines that just are ridiculous. But we take that- it. 
Well, I mean, in hindsight, now we're talking about it, how ridiculous it is. But in the moment, we both were like, oh, I mean, I take everything with uh, everybody says with a grain of salt. I know. And when I try to tell N about somebody I'm talking to now and I'm like, no, but they mean it. And she's like, no, girl. And I'm like, no, 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 but they're different. And she's like, no, they're not. I'm like, but just wait. (laughs) We'll see. I know. I feel bad, too, because it's like. You know, you want to have that moment where you kind of like talk to your girlfriend about the guys they're talking to and get excited for them. But it's also helpful to have the like inside. My problem is I have to be careful not to not to be too harsh on them right away because I'm anticipating them being 100% the same fuckboy level as the fuckboys you had experience with. So I have to be careful because I'm like, actually, kind of my long term relationship kind of was a fuckboy in the beginning. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. So that may be where I gained some of that cynicism because there were a lot of lies, a lot of manipulation yeah. in the beginning of that. So with with Fuckboy Zero, yes, I did let myself fall for him. But there was a part of me that just, and I would qualify it every time I would talk about him. I would say, I know this could all be totally fake, but he said this and this and this. And it was like I kept... I mean, I did fall for him in the way that I chose to. I I was like, I can either say, roll my eyes at everything he says and says this, say, this is all bullshit, you know, because you want it to, it feels good and you want, you want it to be real. (laughs) So sad. Um, Okay. Wait, I know there's more fuckboy behaviors. Um, The fake mad yes okay because you called me out on this one the other day. i know okay. i'm sorry no, good. god I, I hate it so the fake mad slash you're the one that's the player if i'm the fuck boy talking you're the one that's the player yeah you're i've talking had guys, to other guys. Make me feel like i'm a player uh which i might be <laughs> you're still talking to other guys you're still on the dating apps you're going to crush me I don't know that you're for real. Oh, looks like somebody took you out to a nice dinner. Oh, mm-hmm. but very, you know, without saying. Yes. And they see a picture of you, like on your Instagram story, like enjoying yourself. Even if there's no guy in the picture, it's a passive aggressive, like, oh, who took you there? Yes. To make you feel like, oh God, did I do something wrong? Even when you're not like in an exclusive relationship with them. And I'm and like, I don't know who you took on an exclusive. <laughs> I don't know who you took on a dinner today or last night. Yes, because most fuckboys don't. They either don't have social media or they don't use it very much. And yeah, this is why. Right. Uh, I, so this this resonates with me. So fuckboy zero, right before that moment of like that Friday afternoon, I don't feel well when I was like something is off here. I, I kind of like going back in my head the last time that we had hung out, which was amazing. But when we were parting ways, I got in my car. And he got in his car and then he walked back over to my car to lean in and give me one more kiss. And then later he was like, I saw your phone in your cup holder and I saw all the guys' names on there that you're texting. And I was like, because I really wasn't. Like at this point I was like, I'm really going to try this with this guy. I was like, I, I did it. I didn't have other guys' names on there. He's like, I saw them. I saw you're texting all these other guys. And I just, I even went back and looked and I, I was like, no, I'm not. And and I screenshotted it. And there was like maybe two guys' names. And I was like, well, this is this, you know, this guy that I'm working yes. with on this project. This is this manager that I'm working with. And um, I was trying to explain it. And he just kind of had that look like, okay, I don't believe you. And then I realized they 
fuckboys have that in their back pocket so that later when they need to get out of the relationship, they can say, you're the one that was talking to other guys. And that's all we got. Just like an actual fuckboy, we're going to leave you in mid-sentence right there. (laughs) Thanks for listening to episode two, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. (laughs) 